Um, hey everyone, this is Golab Gang here. You're tuning in to our show on VPN. Um, this is Brenda here. And I'm Sikpreet. And we're really excited to share an abundance of music with you guys. It's, you know, a bunch of world music, taking it back to the roots, really. And we also have an interview with Cohen Yorgasm, so that'll be airing later in the show. We're going to get into the music right now. Enjoy.
Blanco, Smooth Cat, New Jack, Luciano. I've been all around the world, stacking every city, nigga. AC Slater, I'm the rock to Gibraltar. Been bitch about that. Niggas gonna rock when they hear this sound. It's looking to pop like a ratata. And these whole niggas shook, do the cha cha cha. Made 150k off a of free mixtape. Wake up in my bed, then that shit feel great Young Jet said black, how you goons like that? Y'all's vendetta can sweat out on the head of the back I, I, I was robbing niggas for Dolce panties Running Tina Fatino and all them Coney Island kings Them uptown boys cooking push the work But in Brownsville, nigga, yo, they box the skirt You bitches wanna get it, y'all can get it from a good. You niggas wanna feel it, fuck what else I wish you would You think you gon' hit, but you is not getting shit You think you gon' hit, but you is not getting shit You bitches wanna get it, y'all can get it from a good. You niggas wanna feel it, fuck what else I wish you would You think you gon' hit, but you is not getting shit You think you gon' hit, but you is not getting shit I'ma take you to the future, robots and androids Girls named Joy Dika, cops on the convoys I am a tomboy, I am the tank girl Back to the future, flight through the space world It's a new year and I came here to conquer I am the new bitch, I am a problem Just like the Clone Wars, I got my armor Throw on my war paint, I am to conquer I'm the only bitch in the Bronx rocking Chanel High top bun, French tip nail Only fuck with niggas that was tipping the scale Looking fresher than kale, money falling like hell I do things that these little boys dream of They still messy with the pampers need to clean up I come clean, they call me Noxima No key on the track and I'm coming with the beam You bitches wanna get it, y'all can get it from a good. You niggas wanna feel it, fuck what else I wish you would You think you gon' hit, but you ain't not getting shit You think you gon' hit, but you ain't not getting shit
the sweaters that you left, the letters that I kept That spoke of how you like when I kissed you on the neck And I held you as you wept Yeah, I held you as we slept I held you as we crept I've been a mess since I met you I regret you, you could say your love was regretful You got me, I'll get you If I could, I'd forget you But I can't since I left you I let you If I could, I'd forget you I would be more forgetful When it's cold outside, yeah, I miss you But we had too many issues The drugging and your loving had me bugging Trying to brush it off, you be fronting like it's nothing my baby lately, lady, you've been acting hella shady My friends tell me that you crazy But it's you I'm missing daily And it's you I'm missing tasting It's you I'm missing kissing Shout it, listen, quit your bitch And be my remix to حبيبي يا نور العين يا ساكن خيالي عاشق بقالي سنين ولا غيرك في بالي حبيبي يا نور العين يا ساكن خيالي عاشق بقالي سنين ولا غيرك في بالي
and uh, invite Josephine, a.k.a. Kohenurgasm, our first guest ever on the show. We're super excited to have you here. Um, can't wait to, you know, just divulge and learn about your experience as a queer person of color and artist in the scene. So we wanted to touch on your process as an artist. If you just wanted to lead us through that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so... I have always been involved in performance since I was little. I did dance growing up and choir in my church and musical theater from like middle to high school. And um, it wasn't really until high school that I started to engage with my performance skill as something, as a tool for personal storytelling. And um, I got a keyboard in high school and I started writing songs on that. And I was like really into oldies at the time. So I was like writing really simple songs with just like major 
pop chord progressions. And um, then when I was in college, I met some friends who were experimenting with electronic music and just at-home production and um, really like DIY uh, processes and so I was like wow I can do this myself I can make electronic music on my own um, in my home and I can transfer my skills from the keyboard so I started playing around on GarageBand and using um, just some of the preset sounds on GarageBand and eventually I got a synth and it, it was my first synth I had got a roll in JDXI <laughs> for those gear heads and um and that's still the synth I'm using so I just record at home and um I'm still always learning a lot I have so much to learn about production and writing and recording and so the that whole process is very much still in the works um but that's where i'm at right now i i write and record just in my room with my synth yeah it's amazing that you make all of your own music and i guess going off of that like something you mentioned on twitter and instagram is dealing with sound bros so if you just want to define that for us like what is the sound bro and how Mm -hmm. do we avoid them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah how do you avoid them yeah they're hard to avoid (laughs) yeah they're hard to i mean they're not there's ways to avoid them let's talk about it so the sound bro is um the etymology of a sound bro (laughs) yeah the sound bro is really any sound uh worker who comes to their practice from a misogynistic lens um it could be a sound engineer a um producer musician gear salesman um gear repair person uh who wants to just like mansplain gear and like just do some power sound power moves on QTPOC like femme musicians because they don't believe that those people are full humans who can have full skill sets without the help of cis men so um, that's kind of like the intro to the sound bro and I have so much experience with them (laughs) I have a lot of experience with sound bros and I mean you can avoid them by you can hopefully avoid them by playing at venues that are like explicitly feminist or explicitly decolonial um or explicitly qtpoc centered but i've even found you know in some venues that are like we are a feminist venue with all women working the show like it's still like all white women who are maybe coming at me a woman of color from like uh just like um like prejudice perspective or like they're still pulling some power moves. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do make all my own music. Um, I have definitely gotten questioned about that. Like just people coming up to me after my shows, almost always men being like, do you, who makes your beats? Or like, oh, did your boyfriend make that? Or like, oh, did your friend make that? Or whatever. Um, but no, I've made every single thing that you've heard under my name. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I feel like those are some pretty good tips, (laughs) (laughs) tips and tricks. Um, I guess going forward, I wanted to ask how your, your identity plays into your experience as a musician. And I guess recently I've seen a rise of kind of like, even on social media, like, I saw a couple of Instagram posts, people just being like, oh, like, identity's fake. Like, if we want to break down barriers, like, we just need to, like, set that aside. Like, I wish our future was, like, this, like, utopian society where we all just wore the same clothes and blah, blah, blah. And, like, also, um, I guess another point that was brought up was, like, uh, identity is kind of, like, this rehearsed role and, like, it gets really exhausting and boring. So I guess, like, taking that and like tying it into your practice um as an artist and like what identity actually means to you and like what you think about these opinions that i just mentioned wow um i have not seen any of that discussion on my social media thank god (laughs) um that's okay yeah there's so many things on the internet um these days (laughs) um yeah i mean my identity is every 
is like a culmination of my experiences and um, sometimes experiences are a lot of those experiences are projected onto me by like societal structures like colonial systems capitalism abusers ab like abusive people um, but also beautiful things like my like ethnic origins and stuff make up my identity but even those borders are colonial but um but you know like yeah my identity definitely informs my work is that the question yeah <laughs> um yeah i i mean i i tell i tell a lot of my story i think in my art and in my music and um one thing i've noticed coming up a lot like i feel like i've been I've even framed myself a lot as like a desi, like a queer desi musician, but it it's like I realized I don't even really sing about that very much. Like I don't really necessarily explicitly sing about right. being a queer desi person. Um, mm -hmm. I but guess I've the word would be implicit. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the lens I'm coming from, the place I'm coming from is like inherently that. But I've noticed that I do sing a lot. I've. It's just funny because I. I, I just write about what comes out like when I'm writing a song and I don't really plan like, oh, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to, I need to write a song about like war or I need to write a song about this. Like I just do, I just write about whatever's coming up for me. And more often than not, it's about my experiences with emotional abuse. And I'm just starting to kind of realize as I, build the language around that and as I learn about myself and as I heal from that and work through that that that's a huge part of my identity is that I've been subjected to a lot of emotional abuse and it comes up so much in my songs and I'm really grateful for music in that way like it really feels like it's a way of processing that really works for me writing songs even just listening to music is a really really and I know it is for so many people too, but it's just a really healing thing for me. Would you say your song Azadi um, is like directly related to that, like your freedom from emotional abuse? Mm. I originally wrote Azadi as like a meditative reflection on what freedom means because um, I was kind of like in this place when I wrote that song where I was like, oh, like, what does it even mean to ask for this thing that I've never, I have likely never really felt? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what it feels like to be, and a lot of the people who fight for freedom and who demand freedom from, from a lot of different oppressive forces, like, truly don't know what that looks like it's a really creative thing and an imaginative thing to ask for freedom so that song was meant to be a reflection on that like what what is it we're asking for not that I am at, at all questioning like the the substance of freedom movements they're in incredibly substantial to me but I'm just I just wonder that sometimes I'm like wow we're doing something really powerfully creative by asking for freedom especially because it's something that a lot of us in our lineage haven't felt for a really long time mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the reflective space that that song is I'm hoping providing for people I guess with freedom as an artist, like how do you discern which spaces like give you the most freedom and which spaces like honor your vulnerability your vulnerability that you share in your music? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I think that spaces that give me the most freedom um our spaces are it's a really collaborative thing to make a space uh feel really comfortable and feel um safe and freeing and I think that everyone who's in, in the space has a responsibility to that like the venue manager the bartenders the door person the um, performers the audience so I think that a space that makes me feel that is freeing for me 
are spaces where like all of those characters are just really accepting and welcoming to what the performers are bringing and um the and who just let performers do what they do and um are yeah just really accepting and welcoming that's all <laughs> because when people come when an audience member like I don't know, project something onto your set or um, comes with hostility to other audience members. Yeah, I mean, everyone has to be really welcoming to each other. And that's a, that's a hard thing to ask for, for of some people. So it's a special thing when everyone can bring that. Um, when it comes to you going on tour and even going back to like your first ever tour that you did, how what how what were some ways that you you know planned that financially logistically and um you know because i feel like for a lot of like younger and newer artists coming out like that can be a really daunting thing especially if you're so diy and you're so underground like you know i feel like it's re yeah it's really daunting for them to kind of just like step outside of their of their like soundcloud or you know Bandcamp or whatever and just like actually go and like show face so like what are some tips and tricks that you would like uh mention it's a big leap to plan a tour i remember when i was planning my first tour with wizard apprentice we were ambitious and um decided to plan a europe tour and wizard apprentice had toured europe before and had some context there so for them like that wasn't as uh that wasn't as um, unfamiliar of a process to plan. But for me, I, w I had never planned a tour. So I was like, whoa, like we have to buy these plane tickets like months in advance without even having anything booked. And that's, I mean, that's really the best financial option. And that was what we were prioritizing was our finances. So we didn't have like the luxury of booking something like really last minute once we knew everything was set. And so we had to buy these tickets and really plan the tour around those dates. Um, but we had support like from people who had contacts at certain venues in, in the UK and Germany and um, Tyranny who performs as Wizard Apprentice already had some support. So I was lucky to know people who already knew um, venue contacts. But I think in that regard, like, musicians should be less possessive of their contacts and if someone is really trying to book a tour like they should feel comfortable reaching out to other musicians even to me and saying like hey where'd you play in new york like can i mm -hmm. can you link me via email with that venue and mm -hmm. and you know then it's up to them to make that show happen but um just having a, the contact at a venue can be really helpful because then you can just email them and be like hey here's some links to my music i'm coming through your town like can you help me set up a show? Um, and that's really how booking a tour works for me at right now. Like I just email a ton of venues and I'm like, hey, this is the week I'm trying to come. Like how, like, do you have a date open? And, um, and now that I've toured a little bit, I know some more people in different cities so I can be like, oh, so-and-so in, in this city, like I'm trying to play a show and I'm already in touch with this venue. Would you want to play? And then the bill gets built and the whole show starts to come together. Yeah, that's a really helpful way of like building um, abundance and sustainability in the QTPOC community. Mm -hmm. What are other ways that like you're able to feel other artists and just like your listeners? How do they uplift you and just like sustain your music? Yeah, um, I'd say there's so many ways that I feel uplifted by listeners. Um, just attending my shows, um, purchasing my music, even just sharing my music or, or even just streaming it um, is awesome. I appreciate every stream. I appreciate every person who comes to my shows. I appreciate every person who just messages me or comments on my social media and says, like, I listen. Just to know that people are listening is awesome. Um, and... Yeah, I, any there's a myriad of ways you can engage with a musician's work, and so even just doing one of them, I I am so grateful for every way that pe every little way people engage with it. Yeah, everyone, who, anyone who's listening in, um, tuning into our show right now, please go check out coin, at Coin Orgasm on Instagram and Bandcamp. Um, do you, you have a Twitter? I think. <laughs> 
Twitter as well, yeah. Um, and just show your support, like, because that means so much. Um, I guess, like, kind of, like, wrapping up, because we're getting a little low on time, what are some things that, what are some issues or just personal things that haven't been mentioned in prior interviews? I think one thing I've been thinking a lot about is um, the meaning of having dancers in my performances. It's something that, it's one of those things that I had a really specific vision for before when I was uh, envisioning having backup dancers on stage with me, but I never really understood consciously what it meant. Um, and a lot of people have asked me about it, like, what does it mean to have backup dancers? Or like, what what are you doing with that? How do they feel? Like, who are they? Where do you practice? And they have all these questions. and. Um, I'm just like, I don't know, it's reform. I don't really know what it means. It just feels good. Like we all just feel good doing it. And that certainly means something, but I never took the time to, not I never, I've been trying to reflect on it and I've only recently put it into words, but I feel like having dancers on stage and even just me myself as I feel like we're all a, mutually a part of this, like of this movement sonic performance experience and um to me it's very much about learning and experimenting with moving on your own terms um as queer and trans and non-binary femmes of color uh, we have not been given the time and space to learn movement on our own terms and to experiment with moving on our own terms and um i've realized that it just feels like that, the free formness of my set. It feels like a space to me to learn how to move in a way that centers myself and my sensuality and my sexuality and is not about the people receiving it. And I think the most awesome audiences are the ones who just let us do that without projecting any, without making any projections about sensuality and sexuality onto it. Having been a backup dancer for you as well, I, I just want to add to that and say like how grateful I am for that opportunity and just like being able to move with fellow QPOC um, is really just like it's really great. And I can say that like the first two shows, I was definitely like kind of nervous. But then, you know, like you were always just like really like like all encompassing and just very, um, very warm and like welcoming would just like do what you want to do and like I really have always appreciated that thank you I appreciate you <laughs> we appreciate you a lot <laughs> um okay we're gonna move towards our rapid fire segment so we just wanted to ask um what are your five recently heard songs or albums on Spotify at present okay um some of these might not be on Spotify but I do use Spotify sponsors, potential sponsors <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, okay. Um, Massive Attack and Burial's song Four Walls with Hope Sandoval on vocals. Um, Keep It Cool by Wizard Apprentice. Uh, the Blue Light Nydia remix on Kalela's remix album. Uh, Warrior by MIA. And probably Prince like I can't think of what song right now any song I listen to Prince often <laughs> I guess going off of fellow musicians who are your musical idols um and also in terms of philanthropy who do you look up to hmm um I don't know if we have time to talk about philanthropy but <laughs> um uh, musical idols. Just like, yeah, just like name them. You don't really have to go into it too much. Okay. Um, Prince, Cocteau Twins, um, Spelling, my friend and, uh, and uh, inspiration, Spelling, Wizard Apprentice. Um, <laughs> that was four. Oh, that, oh, is it four people? Fully appreciate Oh, okay. It. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear the number. No, it's good. <laughs> I just went off. Yeah, that's fine. We love that. Um, yeah, and like if you wanna, if you still wanna just name like three philanthropists, you totally philanthropists. <laughs> okay. I feel like philanthropists. That's hard to memorize. Yeah. Do yeah. you? I don't like, even know any philanthropists. Just like. Uh, I feel like when I think of people. philanthropists, <laughs> I think of like Bill Gates Foundation or like. 
maybe activist activist okay um let me think of three activists who i admire um well one of my best friends paula khan is a really radical um anti-war activist um who who circulates in a lot of or who uh advocates for a lot of different issues but i've known her recently to do a lot of anti-war work um and um asata in the bay area is a awesome org of south asian activists they're the alliance of south asians taking action and those are my top two right now Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, and that concludes our interview segment with Koi Nurgasm. Really appreciate you having you on the show and being our first guest. Um, we're going to move into the music section and play four of her songs off of her album. And we hope you enjoy listening in. Money is tied to every kind of government 
I'm like, where is the bathroom? I hella got a piss, where's the bathroom? Ask whom the bell tolls for Hey yo, where you get this place from the hellhole store? Yo, I'm in the building, building with belding Ask for whom the bell rings, DR, something like that
like a neo rap zack attack finna spark an l and have myself a big mac attack no, no.